This is Government Gone Digital. I'm Dana Birchman, Chief Digital Officer here in Gilbert, Arizona, and I'm here today with three of my amazing team members, Jennifer Harrison, Digital Media and Marketing Officer, Lauren Oxford, our Digital Communication Strategist who handles all of our social media and more, and Derek Konofelski, our Data and Technology Analyst or Data and Technology Guru, as I like to call him, Digital Guru is really the, the fun name I've given you. And so we're going to talk today, if you follow up GovGone Digital on Twitter, and you're a listener, and if you are a listener and you don't follow us on Twitter, you should. And if you do, this month, you will notice that we've been featuring our favorite things, like Oprah, but digital, right? So in this episode, we are going to go through 10 of them, our top 10 list. Ready? I feel like we need a drum roll. I know. We need to like, <laughs> and, and like a timer. Okay. Like. And a timer. So this is going to be kind of like a lightning round episode where quickly we're going to tell you about our favorite digital tools, really your favorite digital tools that you work with, the three of you on a daily basis. Yeah. We get questions so often about how we do what we do on a low budget. And so here's some tips and tricks that might help you. So yeah. These will away. all save time, save your lives, make yep. work so much save easier for us. Really, seriously. In some life, cases, they will. They, they will. Are, these honestly. are life-saving tools. Ready? <laughs> all right, go. go. So number one, Canva for work. I cannot say enough about this tool. It is so helpful for not only our department, but our entire organization. We have one graphic designer on staff, and she can't design everything for that goes out to the community. So we've set up not only our department, but departments and divisions across the organization with Canva for Work, where we're able to bring in all of our branding standards, set them up with some templates, and really give them some starting points when they're designing flyers for their events, programs, and whatnot. So Canva for Work is about $125 a year and really worth every single penny. And I highly suggest if you're not using that tool, um, there is a free version, um, but the Canva for Work version where you're able to bring in your brand standards is like life-saving and even better than the free version. So definitely check that one out. Perfect. Next is Adobe Premiere Rush. And so that is a video editing software that's available if you have the Creative Suite. And I really enjoy it and I've just started using it, but I enjoy it because I'm not a video expert but our video experts don't have time all the time to put together little videos. And so when I have some video footage that I can just put some text over, I like to use Adobe Rush and you can put music on top of it and you can choose where you want the text to be and choose fade ins and fade outs. And it just has really simple templates available to you. So I like Adobe Rush. Amazing. Okay, Derek, your turn. Number three, uh, Gilbert 311, a.k.a. C-ClickFix. Um, I'm a big fan of C-ClickFix because it took kind of the old method that I think that most municipalities use of, of getting people to submit quality of life requests and issues like potholes, streetlights being out, things like that. Um, in a very easy, simple digital format, they have a web version. They have mobile apps for Android and iOS, so pretty much anybody can submit their issue from anywhere. Specifically for us, uh, we have a, a branded version of their product uh, that has like all of our, our branding. So to Jen's point, you know, branding is big and being able to, to have that consistent voice everywhere is great. 
Um, and then I personally like it also because they have, you know, for the, the technical nerds out there, they have APIs and all kinds of um, ways to take the information that you collect or the, the info that you get from residents and do cool things like it. So uh, we've previously in an episode mentioned our holiday lights map and things like that. Um, I, I just, I really like the tool because the reporting is great. The simplicity of it is great. The ease of use is great. And then we have some nice technical tools on our end um, that lets us do cool things with the data that we get from it. All right. Number four, Google My maps. Um, we use this tool quite a bit, especially when we have major road closures going on across the community. Um, the best example I can give you is we have um, our annual Gilbert Days events where we have a marathon that kind of, you know, touches from the southern part of the community to the northern part of the community. And we need to make sure that people understand where those road restrictions and closures are um, happening and who doesn't use Google Maps on their, their cell phone um, through, you know, when you're Googling Google literally, directions you use Google Maps. And so we are using the tools that everybody else is already using to make sure that those road closures are um, easy to understand. We're able to add information about like um, timeframes when specific areas will be closed. They can um, add this to their maps where they can um, import it into their, their Google Maps on their phone so that they can you know provide directions um, with the, the with their cell phone itself, and um, honestly, it's just really easy to use, um, easy interface. Um, I'm not a huge fan of our internal mapping system, so we've uh, found alternative tools such as Google Maps to to make it easier for our residents to know when we're having road closures. And I know Derek, you've used Google Maps as well for yeah for the holiday lights map that I just mentioned. Um, so I, I use it a lot because it's very very simple to pull in information into Google Maps. And again, to your point, you know because people can get directions from addresses and things like that really, really easily. Everybody's got it on their phones. Um, it's just a really, really quick, easy way to make something very, very functional and very usable, and it doesn't cost anything. So, you know, from that perspective, it's two thumbs up for me. Even better. I do like our internal system, though. Our ArcGIS is pretty, pretty dang cool, but it is can't be Google use Maps it to for certain things. Full, full potential. Yes, agreed, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lauren, take us away. One right. of my faves. <laughs> Next is Instagram Stories. Um, so yes, if you're not using Instagram Stories, you definitely want to be on there because more and more people are using it every day. So Instagram Stories, it's a lot different than other social media platforms because there's a lot more creativity with it. You can ask people questions. You can do polls. Um, really, you should be sharing any of your content on there. And they also have different stickers and gifts stickers. that you can Stickers! And we've actually created our own stickers. And if you get verified on Giphy, which it's not super hard to do, you can upload your own stickers that goes to Instagram stories. So we have like an I Heart Gilbert sticker. We have a Water Tower sticker. And after promoting that, we've seen a lot more people actually use that out in the community. So definitely use animated Instagram stickers stories. too. Yeah. I love when I see them pop up in my feed yeah. and I'm just like going through my stories and random people who live or work here are using them. I'm like, those are our stickers. It's amazing. <laughs> and I love what you do with Instagram stories, especially behind the scenes on the job. You featured people at work. Um, one recently was a park ranger and we had someone respond and say, oh, that's so cool. I had no idea. Maybe I want to be a park ranger. So I love that. You never know what you'll find. I love when you do, because you you kind of run the gamut. You'll ask questions. You do a lot of very informative information that I find there on Instagram stories. In general, I would say it's probably the most engaging content that I see on social and you just do such a terrific job of that. And again, loving the behind the scenes, the stuff that people don't always get to see. And they might not think 
there's a lot of interesting things happening, especially in government, but there really are. You yeah. find them every day. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool to see people actually respond when you're just the only one even seeing it, but they'll say things like, I had no idea. Like, thanks for sharing that with me. And Instagram is still big. So for the other municipalities that are out there, like jump on it because it's still very, very popular. It's not one of those things that's going to like die out after you learn how to use and it. And they're always bringing new features. I yes. just saw one today for they have a new countdown feature. So they're always bringing like fun new things to keep people engaged and coming back. We had a story. I have to tell it quickly when we were rolling out to the organization I always think about it because I was we were training them on Periscope and then like the next week it was Facebook Live and then we were suddenly talking all about Snapchat and then I suddenly was like okay now we're going to focus on Instagram stories and you know again if you're not a marketing related organization you might think oh my gosh like every time you turn around there's a new platform (laughs) right but there is like every time you go to bed and then you wake up, there's something new or there's new tools within those platforms that make your content more dynamic and interesting or relevant, you know? So it's just really important and it's easy to kind of keep up. And again, a lot of these amazing tools are free. So we love it. Okay. Number six, Box. Um, I'll talk briefly about this. So Box, I went to um, their conference recently and started looking at how some cities across the country were running almost their entire city, including their police departments, on using Box. And so Box is a, a great way to be able to work collaboratively together and share files. So um, we're our department is currently using Box and um, we're testing it. So we didn't launch this organization wide, but just our team of eight people is using Box to collaborate and share documents. And so it's really great for a variety of things. I know Derek, you use it a little more for more contract-based and different reasons. But for me personally, one of the ways we've been able to use it, Jen and I, back and forth on press releases, um, which is really quite amazing. So easy. Instead of having to email me a Word document, <laughs> we can multiple people can go into a document, make notes on it, um, have it be in real time. We could be doing it at the same time, editing. Um, also using it for video content and storing video content, a great tool and everything you can do from your phone as well. So you don't have to be tied to your computer or your desk all day, which I really love. And Derek, what would you add, add to how you're using it? Uh, I just, uh, my favorite thing about it is just that it's like the, a central place for everything. You know, I think yeah. too much, not even just in the public sector, but in private sector, people rely so heavily on email. And when you're trying to see like, especially for a, a project, you know, like a project based workflow where there's like an end result a document or something that comes out at the end of it. Um, I just like being able to see the whole history of what people were saying about it, how many variations or how many versions of the file it went through. Because sometimes like, I need to think back to a couple months ago when we first started a project and say, what did we say about this? Or what were we thinking about this? And with email, trying to save all those emails and then search through them and just figure out how that's related to which file is on your computer and where it is, like... It just becomes a big tangled mess, and so I like the fact that Box has that ability. And then for me personally, I have my separate Box content that's not shared with the rest of the team that I can just use for, you know, like putting all my files on there and knowing that no matter what happens, it's backed up, it's in the cloud, I don't have to worry about it. So, you know, even with this podcast, when I'm done with this episode, like all these files that I'm recording are saved to Box and then I'm going to pull them in, edit them, and then that is saved to Box. And I really like knowing, it kind of gives me some peace of mind, knowing that that stuff out there, it's in one central location. And if I needed to, I could email it to somebody and get their feedback on it and it would all be stored there. I don't have to wade through my emails. If we had 
Uh, we recently had a situation with Zara where we needed to upload a bunch of files to our website, but they needed to be password protected because only certain people needed to be able to access them. I like Box because we could do that. We set up a folder on Box, we password protected it, we put it out there, and only people that had that password could access that folder. You know, really easy, really simple, and there's all kinds of just variations of things like that that you can do. Yeah, and they're do they do all kinds of integrations too. And every time I turn around, they're also making improvements on their platform. So if you haven't checked them out, you should. Okay, Typeform. All right, number seven, Typeform. So there are a ton of survey tools out there. Typeform is definitely our survey tool of choice. And the reason for that is, is its simplicity. Um, we're able to make it interactive, use GIFs. We're able to embed video content to give some context to our surveys if it's you know a bigger topic. Like we were doing one about the Gilbert Regional Park and, and, and some feed, getting some feedback about that. But for those who don't know what Gilbert Regional Park is, we were able to put in the video talking about what that park is going to be. Um, so it's it's just a very interactive, um, simplified survey tool. And on top of that, um, their analytics and the response, we're able to send anybody who's involved with that survey or who were helping with that survey a link so they can track how many responses have come in and what people are saying so that we're not having to send updates out on a daily, weekly, or whatever basis. They're able to kind of track that themselves. So it takes a lot off of our plate as well. But overall, just a really great tool. I know when we tweeted this out um, as one of our favorite things on GovCon Digital, they actually responded back and said like, hey, definitely check out all of our awesome integrations too. So if you're using things like MailChimp, um, they've got some web integrations. They've got a lot of different options that I don't think that we're even using it for yet, but we'll definitely be looking into in the next year. It's a really simple, silly thing, but one of my favorite things about Typeform is that when it presents questions to people, each question is presented individually, yes. which I really like because it just allows people to focus on that one question. A lot of the times when I'm taking surveys and stuff, I'm always like, well, how long is this thing? Like, yep. and I'm scrolling down. This it, it presents the question, but then it just tells you at the bottom, like, here's your progress level. I really like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, Powtoon, I'll take this one. Um, Powtoon's an amazing video tool that we use to basically do exactly what it says, it, turn it into a car cartoon of sorts, where we take pretty complex subjects, things, everything varying from compensation to budget 101, and can simplify them in a manner that are it's still engaging and fun. In fact, some of our Powtoons do some, have some of our top views, surprisingly enough. Sometimes you might think, these subject matters wouldn't be of interest, but actually to our residents, um, it has a great way of taking highly complex subjects and making it in a digestible format, which is like a cartoon where you can use text and a lot of it is plug and play. So the characters are already there and you can pretty much just add your voiceover, whatever type of music you want. Um, so if you haven't checked out Powtoons, I would highly recommend it. Again, video doesn't always have to be this highly produced thing. There are so many tools online to help people who aren't necessarily video experts create engaging videos. And Make them sound good. Yeah, so take so, it away with number nine. Again, you don't have to be an expert at video to record things, but sound is so important when people are watching videos because if you can't understand what they're saying, then it's not really worth watching. So investing in a good microphone is definitely worth it. And the mic that we like to use is the Rode Smart Lav Plus Lavalier Microphone. And it's designed for smartphones because we usually just point and shoot directly from our cell phone. So you can find that on Amazon or directly from the Rode website. Pretty inexpensive too for a microphone. As somebody who's had to buy a lot of microphones, it's a good one. You know, we always talk about doing this stuff on a budget, being able to shoot with your smartphone and then have a mic that just goes right in there. It's great. 
Yep. Whenever people say like, oh, should I get a camera? Usually I'll say, if you're just starting out in video, just use what you've got in your hand. You might need a few extra little tools, but like Derek said, they won't be that expensive to little add-ons that you can do to improve the quality instantly. In a lot of cases, the camera and stuff in your phone is better, is better. than most of the equipment Absolutely. that people have. So. 100%. Okay, the last one, number 10, Jen. Number 10, hashtag holidays. So we use Sprout Social's hashtag calendar all the time. I think, Lauren, I think it's taped up next to your desk, like you printed yeah. it out, because it's just that important. Um, we always talk about being a part of trending conversations, and participating in hashtag holidays is like the number one way to do that. We've had a ton of success with hashtag holidays and engaging our residents. Um, one of the great examples is the Sunglasses Day video, so hashtag Sunglasses Day. We create this fun actually Derek you were the star of that video hello <laughs> and the voice speaking of sound yeah speaking of sound you were the voice of that video and basically creating this fun music video to promote just the community in general and all the awesome things that we have and how we have almost 360 plus days of sunshine a year so um Lauren, you can probably talk a little bit more about hashtag holidays and how you are Yeah, I mean, it's just a good way to stay on top of, like, what's coming up um, in the coming months because there's a lot of hashtag holidays that we you would never even be able to dream up. Like there's Happy ha- National Ambrosia Day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was yesterday, right? Yeah. <laughs> or at the end of the month, there's... Uh, or last week or yeah. the week before. Yeah. <laughs> when we release this podcast. When we release this podcast. <laughs> but there is a thank you note day coming up in December, and we would have never known about that without a hashtag calendar to keep track of. But we're having our mayor actually do like a fun video just thanking people from the community like Jimmy Fallon does um, and then just incorporating funny things that have happened throughout the year. So having a hashtag holiday calendar is just a great way to even just brainstorm for different content that you can promote throughout the year. On any account, yep. which I love, you exactly. know, because it's you, every department, whether it's police, the mayor, you know, parks and recreation can get involved and connect together on hashtags and hashtag holidays. And like Jen said, connect to those larger topics that are of national interest or that might be trending. So if you want to get more eyes on your content, that's a great way to do it. One of my favorite comments that we got, it was from a hashtag holiday and someone said, thank you, Twitter. Like I never would have found this without you using hashtags. So like, (laughs) they were like, we found Gilbert, Arizona this way. (laughs) So it was amazing. And two, from a, like a a strategic perspective, it helps you be proactive about that stuff. You know, what's coming up, you know? Yeah. You can, you can plan ahead. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you all. That was fun. And again, that's just scratching the surface of our top 10 favorite digital tools, but there are many more that we're featuring throughout the month every day. So please follow us on Twitter at GovGoneDigital if you haven't already. And thank you, Lauren, Derek, and Jen for joining me today and to our listeners. Yeah, so much fun. This is the last podcast of the year. So we will see you next year from Gilbert, Arizona on Government Gone Digital.